Welcome to episode four of the Afterthought Podcast. On today's show, we are going to discuss the upcoming Washington game and also meet with someone from their fan base to hear their thoughts on the game as well. On our featured segment, Andrew and I are ranking the best and worst NFL team jerseys. This is going to be a fun one. Let's get it going. We have reached the fourth episode of the Afterthought Podcast. I'm Andrew Rubin, joined as always by my co-host, my friend, my brother from another mother, Mr. Foldats, Alex Foldats, everyone. Alex, how are we doing this week? Feeling great, man. Excited for a big weekend. Love watching football on Sunday when the Eagles can't possibly ruin my day. So feeling really good this week. It's it's true. It's you know the one silver lining is that we even though we don't have a game to talk about at the very least we don't have to talk about a loss. But with that being said, we will be looking forward to this upcoming Sunday's game against Washington, a game with major playoff implications, the most important game of the year by far. Uh, so we'll definitely get into that. Um, we're also going to chat with a fan of that Washington football team in a new segment that we will introduce coming up shortly. And uh, finally, we're going to kind of, uh, we're going to go take a trip down memory lane. We're going to talk about some of our favorite and least favorite NFL uniforms in the Madden era, I would say probably since like the eighties, we're not going to go back too far to some of those really nasty looking old school uniforms because there were some really questionable decisions there. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, we're going to start off with two up, two down. And Alex, I'm going to I'm going to send it your way first. Uh, you know, what are two things that you are really hoping to see this weekend and two things that you are hoping not to see? Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, listen, so what am I most excited about coming for this week is I do think that Jalen Hurts under a little bit of pressure does tend to do great things for us, but more so I'm excited to get Jordan Howard back. I think having him on the practice squad was a huge steal and watching him come up um, was fantastic. Um, He's really done great things for us. I think he's outperformed Miles Sanders in regards to to certain uh, ways that he's played. Um, I see Kenny Gainwell potentially having a big game. And of course, I'm hoping that Nick understands run the ball. I will be at the stands on Sunday. Can't wait to get down there super early to tailgate. I'm sure that I will be nice and lubricated with a few adult beverages beforehand. So Nick, (laughs) we'll be hearing from you, man. Run the ball if you don't. Um, Andrew, are you, do you know if Miles is going to be back? I saw Miles was questionable and it's kind of funny you asked that because I was actually... I, I wasn't sure if Jordan Howard was playing this weekend. I feel like there's a lot of players who are questionable leaning on the side of, of being available. And I'm sure if they are available, they want to get out there and play against Washington. But um, as of right now, I just know Miles is questionable. So we'll have to wait and see. Cool. Yeah. Well, listen, if Jordan doesn't come back, they may actually throw a little bit of wrench into, into all of this. Um, and then, you know, another thing that I am excited about is Terry McLaurin was absolutely useless Last week against Dallas, I think he was matched up with Trayvon Diggs. He's coming into Lincoln Financial Field. He'll be matched up most likely with Darius Slay. So 
good things happen when t- scary Terry has good cornerbacks on on him. Thankfully, we have a great cornerback in our secondary that's going to be on him. Um, I will talk a little bit about our secondary and the things that I'm a little bit worried about heading into this week. But running the ball, Nick Sirianni hearing from me telling him to run the ball, and having Scary Terry there undoubtedly wide receiver one matched up on big play slay. What about you? What are two things that you're excited about? I love it. I love it. Um, So first and foremost, Washington's defense is pretty depleted at the moment. And I feel like that this is a huge opportunity for redemption for Jalen Hurts. Uh, A couple short weeks ago, we went against the Giants dealing with major injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And we could not we, we couldn't get a drive going. It was it was hard to watch. Um, and, you know, luckily, somehow we still had a chance to win that game. But I really want to see Jalen Hurts take advantage of a beat-up uh, Washington team right now. Uh, Kendall Fuller, one of their starting corners, is out. Uh, Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle. And then both of uh, two defensive ends, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, both out. I mean, those are like three out of their four starting defensive linemen. So hopefully that means Hertz will be able to sit in the pocket. He'll be, he'll be patient. He'll find some open receivers and I will, you know, that, that is a segue into the next thing that I really want to see, which is let's, let's get those targets up for Devante Smith. I want to see Devante Smith. I want to see Dallas Goddard. I want to see Quez Watkins. Those are the three guys that I want to see getting the lion's share of the targets. Um, And like you said, stick to the run. There's no reason. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the Eagles have shown success this entire season when they, when they are just, even if they're a little conservative, but they're sticking to the run game. And uh, yeah, I I don't see a reason that they need to be chucking the ball around. So hopefully um, this, you know, Sirianni comes in with a good game plan. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I I think that like we're reaching a point of the, of of the season where um I don't know. We've 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 gotten to kind of witness some mistakes that are being made, and I think that we're learning slowly but surely. So uh, definitely looking for uh, Sirianni to call a good game. Um, with that, I will I'll, I'll go into my two things that I don't want to see. I'll be quick about this. Uh, first and foremost, this isn't a huge thing, but I just I don't want to see a lot of Taylor Heineke extending plays. Um, Do we know if Taylor Heineke is actually going to be playing? He was really shaken up at the end of the game. I just assumed because I haven't. I don't. I haven't heard anything about who the potential backup will be. Um, I'm. I guess I'm just going into this planning that they have their starter. If they don't, then really the Eagles have no excuse for losing. If they're playing against a backup quarterback, yeah. Just, Kyle Allen no is is not elite. Kyle Allen, I think, is his name. I know last name's Allen. Kyle Allen, former Denver Bronco, when yeah. they were just were just trying to. It was like him, Trevor Simeon. They were. That was. They they were not good. Um, so yeah, if Tyler if Taylor Haneke does play. Um, you know, he's got some mobility. I just, I don't want to see any extending plays, you know, third and long, and he's able to run for a first down. Those are always just complete heartbreakers. And then secondly, I don't know, you, you might agree with me here. Um, I don't want to see Jalen Rager returning a single punt. (laughs) Anybody else, anybody else, anybody else, anybody else is fine. There's no need for him to be there. He has, he he has not done anything to show that 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 he should be that guy. So legitimately um, he is a liability back there. Um I really hope that I don't come on on our next episode and I'm trashing Jalen Rieger again because he costs us this game and and potentially the one in in New York after this. Um 
<laughs> yeah, man, I, I I share that same sentiment. Uh, here are the two things I'm worried about. I, I do worry that, again, since we are known as this running team, um, the Washington defensive line, although a little bit banged up, Chase Young is out for the season. Um, they can stop the run pretty well. Uh, Zeke ran 12 for 45, averaging about 3.5 a carry last week. Middle of the road stats. I just worry that if they can stop the run. So let's assume for a second Jordan Howard is out. Miles Sanders is out. And we have Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott running the ball. That's a different story, right? So if they do stop the run and Jalen Hurts is unable to use his legs, that leads uh, him to be a pocket quarterback. And that also leads to a bigger problem that I'm legitimately scared that our quarterback (laughs) is not able to play quarterback. That leads to bigger questions that we need to ask that I'm legitimately scared that Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw the ball. And we saw what happened with New York when he when he stopped relying on his legs and throwing the ball. So, you know, listen, first quarter goes in Jalen Hurts hands the ball off. We get a 15 yard running play. Worries are out the window. Like, okay, we're here. We're set. We start seeing some losses, three and outs in the running plays. I'm going to start sweating a little bit. Mm-hmm. My 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 second worry is just we sometimes fall into this funk where a secondary makes average quarterbacks look elite. Uh, I don't know the status on Steven Nelson, if he's going to be back or not. I think that's also the difficult thing about doing this podcast on Tuesday. We don't really see a lot of the reports and who practiced and who didn't this early in the week. Um, I don't think Alex Singleton is playing that great this year. He's been there a few times. Um, If it's Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen, I worry that they could pick us apart. And I know that sounds really bad to hear. I don't think Terry McLaurin's going to be an issue. That's one thing I'm excited about. Um, but listen, if we do have a backup quarterback or Taylor Heineke throwing dinks and dunks on a simplified playbook, I don't know if I trust Alex Singleton and the rest of our secondary to, to slow it down. So those are, those are my two things I'm worried about. And another player that, again, we're kind of up in the air is J.D. McKissick, who is uh, Washington's backup mm-hmm. running back, who is mm-hmm. a phenomenal uh, ball catcher out of the backfield. Um, so I, I could definitely see dinks and dunks, and especially with the way that our defense has kind of been uh, the play calling defensively has been, it seems like we've kind of sagged off a lot and just kind of not allowing the big over top play, but we're still allowing a lot of things, um, you know, a lot of short yardage plays. I <laughs> funny. Uh, I did not know this, uh, but I just uh, happened to see that Washington's backup running back or one of their backup running backs who might be dressed. I'm not quite sure. Um, is a former Eagle. And I uh, wanted to see if you, if you knew who it might be, it's a recent, a recent, Eagle more, more so than, than not. Um, this guy also used to return kicks sometimes and, uh, he had a pretty cool, he had a pretty good last name. The last name was fun. So recent Eagle that is now on Washington. I was going to say Corey Clement, but he's playing he's on Dallas. Dallas right? He's yeah. on Dallas's team. So traders. Yeah. I, I don't know. Who is it? Mr. Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Still in the Smallwood. League. Totally knew that. I totally knew that. <laughs> dang, dang. Still in the league. Uh, so anywho, um, well, I think what could be helpful is maybe take a look at some of these, take a look at the playoff scenario, kind of like where are the Eagles sitting right now? 
you know, what are the chances that they get in? What needs to happen for them to get in? I think it goes without saying they need to win this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They need to win. They, they have four games remaining. They have two against Washington. They have one against New York and they have one against Dallas. Uh, Dallas might all but be clinched by the time we play them. So who knows? They might even be just playing with a bunch of backups that game. Um, but as for Washington, these games are are clearly very important. Um, I happen to just check some. Oh, so yeah. What, what are you, how, how are you feeling right now about, about what's to come? Yeah, well, listen, right before the show, you actually shared with me some odds on our entire playoff picture and associated some values with it. I think this would actually be really helpful to share with our listeners. Listen, we have the Vikings, Washington, New Orleans, Falcons. We're all sitting there at six and seven. It's pretty crazy because it's kind of like that on the AFC um, as well, right? It's like a all out fight to get into here. Um, I don't know where you got these from, but FanDuel, Vegas, whatever, um, put out odds on us getting into the playoffs. And I was actually pretty compelled. Why don't you run through that list um, and kind of, you know, give our viewers a, a picture of where we're at? So there is the extra playoff. Uh, the, there's the extra wild card uh, spot this year. So you're going to have your four division winners and then you're going to have three teams instead of two that 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 clinch a wild card spot, which is very fortunate for the Eagles because. Well, We'll get there in a second. So first, I guess coming in as as team number five would be the Rams, and their odds are minus seven thousand, which means if you were to bet seven thousand dollars, you would win one hundred dollars. I believe. I believe. So that's, it's very likely. <laughs> it is highly, highly likely that the Rams will will make it. They're nine and four. They're one game behind the Cardinals, who are ten and three. So they're basically. Uh, leading the pack in terms of the wild card. After that, we have the 49ers. Uh, They're at minus 370. So, And they're one game ahead of us. They're seven and six. They're one game ahead of the Eagles, and they also beat the Eagles earlier this season, which was a really close game. And that was like... I guess at the time it was who who knew that that you know could have some some long term implications, but uh, they they would hold the tiebreaker. Coming in next, so this team would be the final wild card team. It's none other than your Philadelphia Eagles, baby. Woo! They're at plus plus one ninety eight. So if you bet a hundred dollars, you would win a hundred and ninety eight dollars. Uh, so I'm not going to go any more into the math. You know, hopefully uh, everyone has a. I'm sure by this point everybody has a, a, a great understanding of how betting works because that's what we spend half our time talking about. Just kidding. Uh, next are the Vikings at plus 225. So the Eagles and the Vikings are pretty close. And right after that is Washington at plus 230. So you have these three teams that are really clumped together. Um, these odds are going to change big time after this weekend, depending on the result of the Eagles-Washington game. But if the Eagles are able to win, I think that uh, I, I think that they're going to be pretty hard. It's going to be pretty hard for them to not make the playoffs. Uh, after Washington, there's New Orleans, also 6-7. and seven. They're at plus 300. And then finally are the Atlanta Falcons, which is crazy because they seem like they I, I'm shocked that they're six and seven. I feel like they have mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. not really had a strong season, but they've, they've managed to stick in there. So uh, they're a little over plus 700 right now. So not looking very likely. So um, point being is right now the Eagles are looking like the favorite to make that final wild card spot. And uh, Alex, I I'd like to know, I mean, like, do you agree with this? Do you think that they do you think that they have better chances of than Minnesota and Washington, or do you think that the Eagles are gonna are gonna be one of the odd teams out? 
Yeah, I mean, this was really eye-opening to me um, because I didn't actually know really where did we stack up. I've looked at Washington's schedule. I've looked at the Vikings' schedule. I've looked at New Orleans' schedule and the 49ers' schedule. And I do feel like we do have the easiest one coming up out of all the teams. But since the Mm -hmm. 49ers are one ahead of us, um, I do think that that this makes sense. So this was an eye-opener to me. Really, the biggest takeaway is, listen, we are the favorites to clinch that last spot right now. This is not wishful optimism. This is statistics, and this is what Vegas is putting on us. And I can't tell you how many times I've bet on a game over under on yards, over under on a game, and I'm off by like half a point. So the stuff's pretty spot on most of the time. (laughs) Um, It's all going to boil down to what we do this weekend. So with that being said, what are your score predictions for this weekend, Andrew? I don't see Washington scoring a lot of points, and uh, I hope I'm right about that. Let, I'm going to go Eagles 23, Washington 10. Okay. 23-10. Okay. Pretty, pretty big there. I have the Philadelphia Eagles at 24. Washington 18. So the over under for this game is 43 and a half points, which I think is fair. So I put us right at 42. I think the consensus is that we are going to be under 43. That's what some of the analysts say as well. Well, especially if there's a lot of running. Yep. Yeah. Especially if there's a lot of running. Um, Awesome. I am stoked. I can't wait to be at the game this Sunday. Can't wait to be texting with all of you guys and just you know, awesome. getting really it's be yeah, so it's awesome. Most meaningful game we've been to in a long time. Um, you know, I just think back to the beginning of the seasons, the NFL power rankings had us at like 30. One was it a, a, a three or four game winning team? Just absolutely pathetic. Um, well, with that being said, We are going to introduce a new segment called Behind Enemy Lines. So I sat down with a Washington football team fan to talk about his feelings in the upcoming game so you can hear from his perspective. You're not going to want to miss this. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is the Afterthought Podcast. This is... Welcome to Behind Enemy Lines. This is a segment where we hear from the opposing fan base and hear their thoughts on the upcoming game. This week, we have my old college buddy Alex Adair sharing his perspective. Alex, brutal loss last weekend to the Cowboys. This weekend is a must-win game for us both. So what do you think? What are two areas of strength you have heading into this weekend? And then we'll follow that by two areas of concern. So two ups. Uh, First off, thanks, Alex, for having me on. Uh, First time, long time. Uh, As far as I know, third follower out there. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Rubin. Uh, But do want to – so two ups. uh, We got uh, first and foremost, the defense. Our defense is strong. Uh, You didn't see it in the first half of uh, the game last week against Dallas, but they did show up in the second half, only allowing three points. Uh, I mean, we, we showed up. We have Landon Collins got his first multi-sack game. Cole Holcomb got a pick six in the second half. It was, uh, mm. you know, a great defense, a great defensive line. Uh, just needed to, you know, defense wins games. That's what we did over the past four weeks prior to, uh, you know, four four wins in a row, big game. 
Um, second uh, would be uh, the run game. I mean, you, again, you didn't see it this week, so hopefully it comes back. But our run game, I mean, Antonio Gibson was held to 36 yards this week. That's not the best. Um, but overall, I mean, we had over 100, 100 rushing yards. Um, with that ability, you know, we get there. The only problem is you've got, you know, this week, we're not going to run into Micah Parsons. We're not running into the potential, not only defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year. Um, you know, if we can, if we can get that ball moving down the field, I think we have a serious chance. Yeah, no, listen, man, Micah Parsons in the NFC East is very unfortunate for you and I both. We're going to have to be, we're going to be seeing a lot of Micah Parsons coming up over the next few years. So totally agree with you there. All right, and get into the two areas that concern you the most about heading into Philadelphia this Sunday. Uh, this week, we had a lot of trouble with ball control. I mean, um, whether it was uh, that controversial fumble at the end of the game that ended our kind of, uh, you know, took the wind out of our sails, or it was uh, Gibson f- uh, fumbling earlier in the game. If it was just getting the ball into the receiver's hands, um, you know, we did have that, uh, we did get picked off a couple times. And it was just, it just wasn't great. Uh, Taylor didn't have his best game. And it just, there, there was a lot of, there's a lot of room for improvement there. Um, I, I mean, also at the same time, you're working with Diggs on the defense. That's, that's something, you know, Diggs and Parsons on the same team. That's not an easy thing to play against. Uh, second, I'd say Terry. Terry, Scary Terry is a great asset to our team. If we can get him the ball. He was double teamed this past weekend. Uh, I mean, he hardly, he did, actually, he had zero receptions. Um, I can't remember how many, how many targets, but he put up nothing and that's just, you're not going to be able to convert. You're not going to be able to get anywhere if you're relying on, um, you know, Adam Humphreys is great, uh, without, um, Logan Thomas, without Logan Thomas, you know, Seals Jones did a great job. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it when, when you're out a couple of great players and you're just not able to get the ball down the field. Yeah, no, I hear that. And and I, I do agree with your point about the scoreboard not being reflected. I mean, listen, even though you guys turned over the ball so many times, you still kept up with the Cowboys and it came down to the last I mean, drive. we did only allow them one offensive touchdown uh, with everything that we did. You know, they, they everything was field goals. They did get the the, uh, the fumble recovery for a touchdown, um, you know, the defensive score. But everything else was they got one offensive touchdown and I think that really speaks to our defense all right well hey I think this game is going to be a lot closer than what the sports books are giving us credit for last time I checked it's Eagles a five-point favorite three of those automatically go to the home team what are your score predictions for this Sunday they're giving you all five points I saw the over under set at 44 <sighs> you know i I, something's telling me that the under is going to hit this game. I think it's going to be a bunch of smash mouth. I think it's not going to, we're not going to get the points on the board that we really want to. Uh, it's going to be a big kicker game. Um, you know, maybe we are able to uh, make some changes now that we don't have as strong of a defense to look for. Uh, but who knows? Um, I know we're not bringing our own benches down there. That might affect the game as much. But at the end of the day, I think um, I could say Seventeen twelve, Washington. Seventeen twelve. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us on Behind Enemy Lines. Thanks for having me. Going to be watching this Sunday, and hopefully, we're going to be celebrating an Eagles win. But Alex, anytime, welcome back on the program. Thanks a lot for your input, man. I uh, look forward to coming back, Alex. Thanks.
right, and welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Afterthought Podcast. Thanks so much for sticking around. We're about to dive into our featured segment now, and today we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk some we're gonna talk jerseys, baby. We're gonna talk some NFL uniforms, best and worst of all time. And I don't know about you, Alex, but growing up, I feel like I a huge Madden player, multiple systems, you name it. Um, I, I feel like I always spent so much time creating uniforms and like putting different color patterns together. And like, I would spend more time creating <laughs> uniforms than I would playing the actual game. Uh, so I'm like, I, I'm very excited to talk about this. It's always fun talking about, uh, you know, just our favorite jerseys of yesteryear and, and just kind of tapping into that nostalgia a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, man, I'm excited to hear about your top five. I I have to before we get going though, I do have a disclaimer. I almost put a Dallas uniform on my my oh, top five. God. I I know, I know. Um, I had to really look at myself in the mirror, take a real long look, and and just like Andrew, what are, what are you doing, man? What are you, are you what are you? But I don't I don't like those like that era, like Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders, Michael Irvin. Something about that that blue top on silver bottom. Now the white uniforms, I feel like they wore the white ones all the time. So whenever they would bust those blues out, I was like, those are kind of sharp. However, nah. little did I know as a young boy, you know, that that was just a huge no no. So uh, I, I just want you to know, I took I, I took them right off, and uh, we don't have to worry about uh, that any kind of controversy. Well, there's there's a there's a problem here. You learned as a young boy. I've <laughs> never had to find enlightenment in that. I've always known. No Dallas, Dallas. You know what? They're not even on my bottom five list. They don't even deserve to make any list that I have. <laughs> they, well, let's they don't just even jump into it. Let's just jump into it. So, top five uniforms. Before we get going, I do have two honorable mentions that I did not include. Um, but this was fun. I did a lot of, you know, Google image searching today and just, you know, really digging deep and trying to find this. I think this would be a fun list. So two honorable mentions, the Dolphins teal throwback jerseys, classic oh, yeah. with the white uniform, the white helmet. Absolutely love it. And I wish we could have a sixth spot for this, but they didn't fit on the list. But the San Francisco 49ers. Gold helmet, gold pants, red jersey, iconic, classic football look. Um, when I was at the game this year, um, there was like a sheen and a, and a, and a, and a, a sparkly thing, light bouncing off of the 49ers jerseys when we were there. It's just really cool. It is a, such a classic look. So those are my honorable mentions. But when we talk about top five, uh, so at number five, I have the new Buffalo Bills blue on blue jersey. I think with the white helmets, the red accents, the white letters, super clean jersey. I just think it looks so clean. Um, they also play usually this at New Era Field, which is turf. So they're not getting dirty by the end of the game. They're just always looking good on that. My number four, now this is a classic, right? And when I think NFL jerseys, the best jerseys, it's not always by drip and what looks the cleanest. I don't think there is ever an instance where you think about football and you don't think about the Green Bay Packers. I think they have the most iconic logo. 
I think that they have the most iconic uniforms in the most iconic stadium. And it's, in my opinion, irrehensible to not include them on the top uniform list. And I hope that they never change it. My number three is going to be the LA Chargers. Guys, this uniform is just clean from head to toe. The powder blue, the royal blue or navy blue, the white, all variations of the Chargers uniform in the modern era looks incredible. We talk about this in our group chat all the time. Um, They very well could be number one. Number two, little bit gimmicky, got to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a little bit gimmicky, got like the tiger stripes throughout all of it. Um, But I love the orange. I love the black. Reminds me a little bit of Flyers colors. I don't think there's another orange team in the NFL. Well, I guess you have the Buccaneers, but that's not really an orange team. Um, Just love what the Bengals have been able to do. I like their new jerseys that they came out with this year. Big fan of what they're doing over there in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow makes it look really good as well. Number one jersey, a little bit of bias in this, but we have to go with the 1980s era. Kelly Green with the eagle on the sleeve and silver pants. There is not another cleaner jersey in the NFL than that. I would actually say the majority of my clothes are Kelly Green in comparison to Midnight Green. Not hating on Midnight Green. I think it's a middle-of-the-pack uniform. The all-blacks look good. The alternates look good. But I have to go with Kelly Green. Just bought a Randall Cunningham jersey two weeks ago. Saw it out. Had to pull the trigger on it. We'll probably wear it this Sunday. Andrew, quick, quick criticism on my list. Let's get into yours. I have no criticisms. I have no criticisms. In fact, um, the 49ers, I think the same exact uniform made my honorable mention. I'm thinking like Steve Young, Jerry Rice, yes. T.O. Now, yes. it has to be the box, the boxy looking letters. Because I feel like slightly before like the 90s boxy letters, they may have had just more kind of like 2D letters. I really liked that T.O. box letter. Uh, Packers couldn't agree more. I feel like there's really no other teams that even are just like known by being green and yellow. It's so iconic. However, they're old, old uniforms, disgusting. Uh, <laughs> and then um, I also wanted to say your the Bengals is a great call. They didn't make my list, but I was talking with some friends today. And when they did the, um, I think like the white on white, it was like super slick yes. this year. I mean, it helps when you have some young star players too, they, to just make it look good. I mean, Jamar Chase is making that uniform look, look real nice, look real nice. So I'm going to, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get into my five here. Uh, this was a, it was amazing how difficult this was. Um, number five, I'm going to, I'm going with best show on turf, 2000s Rams. You got your Marshall Falk, mm-hmm. your Kurt Warner, your Tory Holt, your Isaac Bruce. That Navy with the gold was just like, mm, lovely. Next, keeping it around the same era, 2000s Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I had a Warwick Dunn jersey. Uh, it was one of my favorites growing up. Uh I actually, I think I really wanted a Mike Allstott jersey because I just loved how he would just just bust his way through. Anyway, but yeah, Allstott done, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, that whole that uniform was awesome. It looks like they kind of brought it back now, um, but definitely one of my all time favorites. Coming in at number three, don't criticize. Number three, I went with the Kelly Green. Uh, you know that 
and like yeah that's exactly what i think like just like that beautiful that green with the silver pants with the silver the silver wing on the side of the helmet it's i wish that they would i wish they would bring it back like rumor is next year they have they're bringing it back and if they do oh man uh fanatics is gonna have to send me a fruit basket at christmas time to (laughs) to to thank me for my business i mean it's, it's gonna be bad I just it's what's taking so long. It's like I feel like everybody wants it something it. to do with the rules and multiple helmets and whatever. Um, all right. Number two. Jesus. Ugh. Number two. Uh, L.A. Sla- I, but I, I'm going to go more uh, the San Diego route here. I'm going San Diego Chargers. Um, you know, this was tough because I like I love that LT powder blue. Like that's it's it's beautiful. But I'm actually I don't when I I loved like those like the junior Seau Chargers the navy mm-hmm. with the um yeah with 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 the with the yellow lightning bolt I don't know just was real into that color scheme kind of like Michigan Wolverines is kind of that navy and yellow I dig it and then finally favorite uniform of all time like Jacksonville Jaguars from like the late nineties early two really? thousands I love like. I mean, I was a little biased because I'm left-handed, and I, so I bought a Mark Brunel jersey because he was one of the few lefties in the league. Um, but just, oh my god, I used to, I wanted like, a, I wanted a starter jacket of of them so <laughs> so bad. Um, but yeah, man, those late night, like right after they they were an expansion team with the Panthers, um, I thought that teal and gold was just like was gorgeous. I had, I needed to wear that on my body. Hey, I, I actually I like your list. Um I I do think the Jaguars uniform does not get enough attention to it. I think it's awesome. I like this new thing that they did with the helmets and they kind of faded it in. I know you're kind of focusing more on the vintage. Um, but yeah, I mean the the designer, whoever does the uniforms down there, they're they're keeping their job. They're they're doing a good job down there. They know what they're doing. Although there is if I don't know how many times they wore this, but it's like an all gold and it's like I think mm-hmm. that's when like when like Blake Bortles was the quarterback, which is barfalicious in itself, but the 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 uniform as a whole just did not did not look good. Uh, a couple other honorable mentions I had like the Michael Vick era uh, yes. Atlanta Falcons. Yes. They were always like I don't know, like the red with the black and the white, and you could always just mix and match, and they all looked good. Um, and yeah, like the 49ers, like I said before, which is which is definitely a classic. So uh, I guess we'll get into our. I guess we'll get into the the ugly now. We, all right, we well, I, with- <laughs> I I kicked it off. So why don't you why don't you go through your Whew. bottom five worst jerseys? Here we go. Um, okay, so number five, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. Which era, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Not the current era. I did like, I, I do like the new age, uh, you know, ever since Russell Wilson really took the helm. Um, but I'm talking like Matt Hasselback. I think like their receivers were like Bobby Ingram, Corin Robinson. They would wear like, it was like just the top and bottom was like a bluish gray. And like, it just, it's not a very attractive color. Um I did love Marshawn Lynch. I'm pretty sure he wore that uniform and probably made it look good. But number five, going with that era of Seattle Seahawks. Number four, this is as boring as you can get for for a uniform, but I needed some variation of the Cleveland Browns. Um, Mm. I I went with Tim Couch era just because he was such a failure as the number one pick. So I'm just going to say that 
the uniforms at that time were also failures. Um, although I am happy that the Browns came back. You know, it was unfortunate that they lost their team. So I'm glad Cleveland has a team. The uniform, it's 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 a step up now, but overall, like orange and brown is just is gross. Uh, number three, I feel like this uniform was just trying to be the Eagles. So I'm going with like the rich co-type, also former Eagles head coach, the rich co-type era Jets. Mm-hmm. Ew, ew. Ew. Actually, I don't like any. I kind of dig like the Jets black uniforms now. Um, but other than that, it's just like they just do nothing. They do nothing for me. And I always felt like their, I guess, 90s uniform was just like trying to be the Eagles, just an uglier version of it. Number two. Here you go. This is just for you, Alex. I went with I went with white cowboys with the silver pants. So it's. Once I learned my lesson, once I figured out who I am, <laughs> where I came from, up from down, I, I you know, it's so I, plain. I, it's such a plain jersey. I agree. It's, and it's like I, you know, I just thinking about people that have played on that team over the years and just picturing them in that uniform. It's just a huge turnoff. Finally, I went with one team, but this team had two uniforms that I find so ugly that I just had to lump them both in. Um, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is funny because I had them as one of my favorite uniforms. So before they made the switch to the red with the with the gold and all that stuff, they were I mean, they were orange and white and they looked like a like a creamsicle. It, they were it was I mean, it's like a classic uniform like but it, I don't know, like Houston Oilers, cool, classic uniform. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not cool, classic uniform. And I'm going to take that one step further. I like that they've like that they've made the recent change to the uniform now because right before what they look like now when Jameis Winston was the quarterback, I hated those uniforms. It's mm. like the the number look like it was just kind of corny to be honest. And then just like the color combination of like gray with with red and like yellow or like gold, and they were trying to throw a third color in there or like maybe a little bit of orange. It just like I don't know, man. It just was kind of corny. So those are my five. And uh, I know I've been rambling a little bit, so let's hit me hit me with your five because uh, I'm trying to throw up. So it's funny. I actually wholeheartedly disagree with your Tampa Bay creamsicle jersey. <laughs> I think for the for the time era, it it fit right. Bright colors. You're down there in Florida, Miami Vice. Um, in nasty. my in my opinion, I think for the era, that's actually a really strong jersey. If it existed in today, I would totally agree. That actually is a good segue into my first honorable mention for bottom five uniforms, which is the powder or the teal blues for the Carolina Panthers. However, I think early 2000s, everybody was obsessed with teal and powder blue, and you saw it everywhere. And like AI's shoes and like everybody wore powder blue and like that was like the color. So I think it was actually really fitting for the era. They wear them nowadays. I'm like, it's kind of gross. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think I think five, 10 years, maybe like 15 years ago, that would make probably my top five list because that's like really cool. That's what everyone was wearing. Nowadays, I think it's kind of old, kind of like where you are with the creamsicle jerseys. Um, all right. So bottom five. Num- the number five one is one that I don't think anyone's expecting. I think the Chiefs have an awful uniform. Agreed. I think their helmet is 90% red. 
their jerseys are almost 100% red, and then they sometimes wear the red pants too. It's awful. And there's been other teams like the Falcons or the Cardinals that do something a little bit different, right? It's either on their helmets or it's either, you know, the the Cardinals have like the logo on the back above their nameplate and have a two-toned uniform. It's just such a boring uniform and I don't think it looks classic. Um, and I think it's looked the same, right? I think if you look through the the lineage of the Chiefs jerseys, it's always kind of looked like that. I don't like it. So number five. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Yeah. You know, it's my list. I'm allowed to say what I want. Uh, number four, and the only reason this is on here is because they actually went through a whole Jersey rebrand this year and it looks identical than how it has for the last 20 years. That's the Indianapolis Colts. It has been unchanged. You don't like the Colts. Interesting. I, I think it looks just so plain again. And I'm sitting here talking about how Green Bay is like, you know, this, uh, this 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 standard, the gold standard of legacy that we should measure up to. But I think the Colts jersey is so boring. I think if I saw two people walking down the road, one in a New York Giants jersey and one in a Colts jersey, I wouldn't be able to tell the two apart right away. No outward facing logos, a few stripes in some strategically placed areas. Um, I just I could I, even I, yeah. yeah, I, think I could even Giants, argue. Yeah, I, got... I think the Giants branding is a little bit better, and I kind of like the old school Giants on the helmet, like. I can yep. deal with that, but the Colts, in my opinion, is just plain, and they just went through a rebrand. It's 2021, and that's what you're <laughs> wearing? I don't know. How much does Carson Wentz have to, have to do with this decision? I need to know. No, it has nothing to do with, with, uh-huh. with Carson Wentz in, in this uh-huh. decision. Um, <laughs> it looks no different than the Peyton Manning era, in my opinion. Uh, number three on this list, and this one hurts the most because you said it was actually in your top five. I think L.A. ruins the legacy of the Rams. So make up your mind, Alex. I either love legacy or I hate legacy, so on and so forth. I think the new L.A. Rams logo looks like literally like a a new station logo. It doesn't even look like a football team logo. I think it's very modern, but it doesn't carry on. And I think that this new blue and bright blue and, and, and highlighter yellow is an awful thing for the franchise and i don't think it's gonna i i don't think it's going to carry the same amount of time than the previous golden blue did when i think rams i think of the legacy i think of tory holt and and isaac bruce and kurt warner and yep. and all of those guys and that is i think an insult to them move to a new city and then they got all california on them and made it all bright highlighter yellow I don't like the uniforms. And then they also went through like that really weird transition phase where they had like the helmet with the white horn on it. But the, but the yellow was on the Jersey. That looks like when you're five years old and your mom dressed you in the morning. I'm sorry. When, when you didn't ask your mom for help to, to dress you in the morning, um, (laughs) it looked ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I am ridiculous. I'm so happy you said that because I'm like, is it me or does their helmet not match their uniform? Why, like, why, why don't they just change one of those colors to make right. it match? It right. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a good look. Yeah. So, so that is the third worst. The second Pittsburgh Steelers. I know again with the legacy, when I think Pittsburgh Steelers, I think of the bus, I think of Jerome Bettis. 
think a slow power football. It just doesn't look like a shifty color, if that makes sense. Their inaugural Bumblebee jerseys look awful. I think, I think bright highlighter yellow and black with half the helmet and the logo on the other. I I just, I I don't find the Pittsburgh Steelers um, uniforms attractive whatsoever. And I actually place them below LA just because I really don't like them at all. I may be a little bit biased. I went to IUP out by Pittsburgh, Indiana PA. Shout out to all my homies there. Um, <laughs> and we had a feud always between Eagles, Steelers, Flyers, Penguins. Oh, yeah. um, and, and some of those good years when we'd actually see each other a lot, especially on the hockey side. Uh, I do bring, have a follow-up. I, I, yeah, I do have ahead. a quick follow-up. Is there anything about Pittsburgh that black and yellow represents? Because I feel like they are the only city where there's all of their sports teams are the same colors you got the pirates the penguins and the steelers they're all black and yellow and black and yellow black and yellow. And i don't under i don't know if that like is if there's any reason behind that yeah i don't know um all of their bridges are yellow too um it, it may be something i don't i don't have a love for pittsburgh so That's i just care rust. i care <laughs> so little about looking into that that you know it is what it is um brings me to my number one worst uniform this is a modern uniform, and usually I wouldn't include an alternate, but an alternate color rush uniform, in my opinion, that is the absolute worst, goes to a team that I actually really like their uniforms a lot, and it is the Seattle Seahawks color rush, gray poupon slash highlighter yellow, worst shade of yellow ever color rush uniforms. It is awful. It doesn't show well on camera. It is disgusting. So that, in my opinion, is the worst uniform in the NFL right now. Well, hey, man, this was a ton of fun today. Love doing sure the was. list. Let's make sure we do this again. Um, let us know, guys, what you think you would like to hear Andrew and I rank up against. Uh, tell us what your thoughts are. What are your favorite and worst jerseys? What is something that we totally missed out on? Um, before we leave, I do want to let everybody know that we will not be recording an episode next week. Uh, we are going to be away for Christmas. Uh, so happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and any other holidays that our listeners celebrate. We will be back in two weeks, hopefully looking at a different playoff picture, seeing how those odds, was Vegas kind to us? Was it hype? Was it not? And hopefully we have some good news. Everybody, Hopefully. have a Hopefully. happy holiday. Be safe. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all soon. Thanks. Happy holidays, all. 